Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. You know what I figured out today? What? Is that if I sing Shaggy in the car, mm-hmm. I look like Paul Bearer. Feel free to shit on that. Oh, that's good like, to know. Come on. All right. Is it any Brenda? Smooth. It wasn't fucking funny. Are we That's only because you don't know who Paul Bearer is. Yeah, oh yeah, we're recording. Oh, yeah. okay, we're good. Oh. That will count the sucker down. This one has a red light. Three, two, This day and age To read any good news On the newspaper page And love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must be Some magic clue Inside these gentle Happy New Year everybody It's time for the first New Ross Family Matters Podcast of 2018 Hotshot Scott Williams Vic the Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and Johnny Swashbuckler. Wow. wow. Oh, Yard. Yes. The, 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 everybody's favorite pirate. This is his Yard. Yeah. Huh? Right. Oh. Huh? So, uh, I will walk out right now. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that too close to a pun for you? If that is a pun, and I won't have it. That's not how we start a new year around here. First of all, Mr. Swashbuckle. How, how, how was your New Year? What did you do? My New Year was pretty interesting. I stayed at home, being the awesome guy that I am. Uh, my landlord had all of his friends over because I live with my landlord and a bunch of other, uh, like nine other roommates I have. It's a minimum security it's, prison. Yeah, One yeah, or the other. It's, uh, no, it's a like, three-story Victorian house and all the rooms are... Like individual housing, oh so it felt like a retirement party. It sounds like a reality. Show. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But then, uh, as soon as midnight hit, went straight to bed, and that was my that was my New Year's. All went to right. work the next day, so that is why. Well, as we work through the show, we'll find out a little bit more about you. But we're gonna get started with the now. You've heard the you're actually one of the few people who have heard every episode of the show. So we're up to eight now. Eight listeners or eight shows. No, no, we're at ten shows. Okay, this we have <laughs> so we almost have as many listeners as shows. So right. Right we're we're working well towards like having more listeners than shows in the can. That's our goal. So you're our guest, and we're gonna actually let you pick out of the hat our first topic. Right. Sounds cool. And there's a lot of scary stuff in there. There is dark they, premises uh, of people's. They minds. tend to stick together. All right. Oh boy. Uh, M I A W. Oh, the yeah, that's a good one. one. Topical. Yeah. Ah, like an ointment. Or a cream. Stop it. M-I-A-W, um, I'll, I'll just start by saying, if you're not familiar, they're a company that uh, does their shows in South Milwaukee. Prior to that, they did their shows in Jefferson back in the day. And uh, I've been working with them, I want to say 15 years now. Um, 12 years at, in South Milwaukee since they've been there. And run by Angel Armani and actually always have a great time there. 
Um, it's seriously my you know my favorite place to work. It's my home, my kind of my home promotion, so to speak. And I got nothing bad to say about. We got some funny stories to tell, I think, as we roll in this. But I, I love MIW. Uh, how you were there? So what? What was the impetus for MIW? Why did? Why was that a company that started? Okay, so Wow uh, was a company that was running in this area, and that was run by Steve uh, Steve Robinson and Ike Andrews. Okay. That company ended up going away, and Ike still wanted to be part of doing some wrestling shows, so him and Angel Armani teamed up, and they started running MIAW. Um, then after a few years, it was just an Armani thing, after Ike, you know, with work and then moving to Florida and some other things. But that's how it started. Those two guys trying to keep putting shows on, and that, that's really what the, what the genesis of it was. Okay, so how did it just end up, how did Armani end up being on his own then? Well, again, with work for Ike, Ike was a cop. Um, and he was working in Oak Creek doing some things, and then he moved to Florida. And you know, obviously, you can't run a promotion here if you're in Florida, so he just decided I'm just gonna do this. And Armani still wanted to keep doing it. Um, it's kind of it really isn't wrestling promoting like perfect for him anyway. Like, he wants he's got these ideas, he likes to book finishes as aggravated as he can get on show day. I think it's right up his alley, and I think he just wanted to keep it going. And there was a little bit of danger when they lost the building in Jefferson at the fairgrounds. But then, you know, they had a couple of uh, spot shows in Menominee Falls and then Cudahy. And then they landed at the old building where, consequently, WOW used to run, which is now Papa Luigi's. It used to be the South Milwaukee Community Center. And uh, they've been in that building ever since. Sure. All right. So for us to get into MIAW, that, that was you. Yeah, I made uh, made the initial phone call. So how'd that phone call look? Uh, I said, hey, Armani, I found these two really shitty wrestlers. Please let us on your show. <laughs> Is that how that went? No. You saw I lied to him. I said, you guys are good. And please let us <laughs> on your show. Although, if you said it was sh- Armani loves shitty wrestling, too. So. Not on his show. No, not on his show. <laughs> on videotape, yes. But not yeah, I, I put the phone call in, and he said, yeah, I'll give you guys a shot. Yeah. And then we proceeded to get berated verbally for... Not the first night. First night everybody was real happy. Remember it was the six-man tag? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that went well. Now, that how many years ago was that? So they've been in South Milwaukee 12 years. What would you say, six years, seven, eight? Oh, I want to say it's probably going on eight or nine years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, and, you know... I've wrestled Matt long time, 388 <laughs> times. One for every day of the year, plus 30. Once a year, whether you need it or not. Yep. Uh, and he always says to make it funny. That's good. Uh, and then we've had several tag matches where he comes down from the ceiling like Spider-Man. <laughs> and and for, hey, that was the shits. And then he goes back up into the ceiling. And then, honestly, the last two to three years have been real pleasant because he's old man Angel Armani now. Well, there. Every once in a while, he gets prickly, <laughs> but it usually goes away. Yeah, rather quickly. You have an example, don't you? Were thinking about something very specific right there? No, I can't. I can't, and I won't. So here's the thing, and I, and, and 
pirate, you you were, and I'll call you pirate because that's what Armani calls you. you I don't even think he knows your real name. I, to be honest, with you me. probably forgot. Hey, pirate! You're lucky he knows pirate. Yeah, it's not like pilot. But but <laughs> here's a couple of things that that really are staples of MIW. One, their Thanksgiving Eve show, which is a great show because. People are obviously off on Thanksgiving. It's a heavier drinking night, but they do the show early enough that you can get to the show and still get out to the bars, and it's usually packed. Mm-hmm. They also do their annual January Rumble, the South Come Milwaukee on. Rumble. That's their next show coming up at the end of this month. The other thing they're known for is they don't do any shows in the summer. They run from Labor Day, when they do Labor Fest, till about April or May, occasionally an early May show. It's very rare that they do that. Oh, hold on. Nine listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that they're oddly known, so they have a good setup, DJ Bob's the DJ, they have a video board, but they don't videotape the show. And they have it for quite some time. They did for a while, but they don't videotape the shows. It's really a fan experience show. Like, they don't sell DVDs of the shows. You're not going to find a lot of this on YouTube. If you want a show... You have to go see it. You have to buy a ticket. See it. Yeah, you have to buy a ticket. And tickets are are very reasonably priced. Back to Ted. And the last thing about it is it's a very, probably the most family-friendly show in southeastern Wisconsin. I, I think that would be I would, I would agree. fair to say. So how did you get hooked up with MIAW? Well, I went to a very bad SWE show oh, when, they're, well, when they're running into the Was I on it? Of course. But, uh... He said bad. Yeah. It was a bad show. But I figured, you know, I always wanted to do this, and then some of the talent they had were lacking, I thought. And, Again, uh, he's talking about me. No, I, 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 don't, I don't recall who's on the show. I'd know for sure it wasn't you guys. But I asked Aaron Smiley, I'm like, do you know any trainers? And the first number he gave me was Angel Armani's number. Uh, hit him up, and then every Sunday I would go to his camp at Papa Luigi's, make the 45 to an hour long drive back and forth every Sunday. Sure. So what was his first opinion of you? Do you know? Uh, drizzling shits. Uh, most likely. <laughs> uh, just another, you know, skinny dude that, you know, doesn't have much to him, but he gave me a chance like he gives everyone else. So uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. The gimmick. Yes. Did Armani have any input in it at all, or was that all you? It was all me. Okay. Um, uh, he really didn't have any idea what to do with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that was just like uh, uh, the... Uh, Bash at the Beach Lane was there and I was teaming with Donnell in the in the Rumble. Oh yes. And the only th- oh. yeah. And the the only thing I could come up with was I had uh black boots and then uh, I just wore all black stuff and took a streak of face paint and went down from there to there and Lane thought I was a, a werewolf. Like oh. I yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> what if what if you would have merged that into a werewolf pirate? Oh, uh, uh, what would you? Um, what would a what would a werewolf pirate's name be? I would have no idea. Scott. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Our, uh, Scott the werewolf uh, pirate. So, <laughs> so I remember that show. By the way, I don't want to sidetrack this because we have more MAW. But yeah. you mentioned Nell uh, Dillinger. He's mm-hmm. announced his retirement. Oh, uh, apparently so. Saw that for real. I did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Why? I... Pour some liquor out. Anyway, back <laughs> to uh. He died. Uh, no. No. But he's like 45, 40. He's older he's, than he's, I he's thought. He's a very. Yeah. He's, he's not he's quite. He's not forty. He's not quite elderly like me. No. But he's. He's older than I am. Yeah. 
he's up he's like 40 something already but uh no i we uh when the pipes was it when the pipes burst yeah yeah with that one year with a... yeah i think we moved our camp to from Luigi's to the boxing ring and uh like near like hills corner or four corners or something like that i forget okay but uh i was there and i was like hey i'm gonna try this pirate thing you know because i'm not you know six foot four and right. 300 pounds of muscle so right I was like, make it work, and then just went with it, and Normani was like, whatever, he didn't care, and <laughs> yeah, he, he did not care at all, but Which he, is uh, really his way of approving. Yeah, right? and then, uh, you know, he gave me some ideas, like, you know, what to do with it and stuff, and then, uh, like, I was, he's like, oh, you should get gold coins, and I was like, oh, I was already gonna buy gold coins, you know, and stuff like that, and then, uh. I just want to... A couple years later, that's what I point out. morphed that. into a drunken pirate. I don't so. care for the, the, the steering wheel. No, I preferred when you had the treasure chest. Treasure chest, yeah. Yeah. And the rum. Did and you the, like the rum? That was a good touch. What, did you call me a drunk? No, I, I'm not. <laughs> by no means. Masters is more of the rum guy. That's true. So would you say that MIAW, I get, I, and again, you can, would, it, would you call it your home promotion right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my go-to. That's what I consider my home promotion. Yeah. I don't have one because I can't wrestle. Oh boy. Because I'm a knee. knee. So That's right now you're a man without a I'm a man. I'm a free agent. Send any uh, send any offers anybody has my way. What's on your pants? <laughs> I don't know. I think mashed potatoes. Oh my. Um, some of the other cool things about MIW, they've had some great champs. Silas Young's been a three-time champ. Dysfunction's been a champ. Jack Berserker was a champ. Jack Spade was Jack a champ. Jack Spade was a champ. Yeah, uh, Xavier true. Mustafa was a champion yeah. there. They've had Five some names. very decorated champions. Rough Crossing. Matt Longtime, Rough Crossing. Uh, Matt Longtime was, I think, their first champ out in Jefferson. Um, so it's it's been a very good history, I think, for that company. It's been a great history and Jack Spade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And you know what? Honestly, without that place, I would have no claim to legitimacy almost at all. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, because we kind of talked about that. The fact that Angel Armani uh, broke down that barrier and said, hey, they're, they're, these guys are good enough to work for me. I, I think that that helped a lot. That's not to put down anywhere. I like working other places, but you kind of need that place that has that person that's running it that people, you know, respect. That people yeah. respect and has the name to, to put you over. And, you know, Angel Armani has that name. Uh, here, then he he's been all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. yeah, and when he tells somebody you're the shits, it doesn't mean as much because he says everybody's the shits. The only person who says people are the shits more is TC Washington, <laughs> who also got a lot of training from Armani. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I showed up at uh, early for this last MIAW show, as you guys know, uh-huh. and I was in the ring working with Jack Blackwell. Uh-huh. Stone uh, Mountain, Georgia. Stone Mountain, Georgia. <laughs> and I gave him a move. I said, hey, do this move. Uh, nobody does that. And Armani was sitting in the ring stretching because he wanted to do a, a dark match before the show and train, right? And he goes, <coughs> nobody would do anything you do. <laughs> and I said, all right. Good job, Angel Armani. You're a good man. That was your Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
So that's MAW. Check them out. What's the date of the next show? Is it the 28th? 27th. 27th. Saturday the 27th. It will be a lot of fun. Rough Crossing will be there. Joey Avalon will be there. Dysfunction will be there. Have you ever seen a bad MAW show? No. And, you know, it's a great... I'm glad you brought that up because Alex Riley and I were talking about it. We did a recap of the last MAW show for the this network, for the Grapple Talk Network. And you know what you're going to get from the Armani show. You're going to get five matches, a dark match, and be done by ten. Okay, two and a half hour show. You know there's going to be one or two funny gimmicks, things that make you laugh. You know there's going to be one or two matches that are stone serious, Matt classics. You know there's going to be a tag match. And even though you know what you're going to get, it never disappoints. You never walk away going, boy, I really wanted more. I think there is something to be said about the less is more booking style because, and hey, I got to take some of the blame because I ran one of these companies that did this once, but the three and a half hour shows are tough. It's tough on the crowd. It's tough on the main event. It's un- With Armani shows, people stay hot till the end and they leave going, boy, I wish we had a little bit more time. And I'd rather do that than have people go, boy, that should have ended a half hour ago. Uh, Mr. Swashbuckle. Yeah. You work a lot of the ICW shows, correct? Yes. How, how long are those shows running these days? I usually get out by before pay-per-view, so 7.30, oh. 8 o'clock-ish. But and they, then those bell times are? Uh, usually 4 to 5 o'clock. Okay. So they're Sunday be, afternoons, yeah. When they were over by your house, they yep. were forever ended day. Yeah. Yeah, we had to leave once. It was just... Too much, I had, right? No, I had to go to work. I had to go to work. And we were sitting there, and I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. Sure. It, it, finally, it was like, I gotta go. Nothing is worse, though. So there have been a couple of shows. Like, there are a few shows I've been to. BCW had a few where they had cage issues, where they were putting up a cage. I get that. That's not their fault. But those old Ian Rotten shows in Louisville... Oh my I God. I went to an IWA Mid South show. Was it six wow. hours? I can tell you legitimately. I drove down there. It was me and Prodigy, and we drove down there, uh, and we watched it. And I fell asleep during the main event. Sure, and those shows would go to, uh, beyond one a.m. It was wow. C- and it was CM Punk versus uh, Brandon Tomaselli, and they were doing a they were working a headlock. They were for like a long time, like working a head, like really working it in. Are you well, sure with that crowd somebody didn't just slip you a Mickey? Well, probably. <laughs> and it was probably slipped in anally. <laughs> they slipped me a Mickey Knuckles. Oh, hey. Hey-o. Ah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nice work. We had a theory once that Mickey Knuckles really wanted uh, Xavier Mustafa really bad. Okay. Like all of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you know what I mean. Uh-huh. I don't. That doesn't surprise me. It has, never came to fruition. That doesn't surprise me either, so... Mickey Knuckles. Mickey Knuckles. All, all five. All right. You can hang out with somebody named Mickey Knuckles, but watch out for Mickey's second Knuckles. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> all right, Vic. All right, we're going back in the hat here. What's I like how you just reached in there like it owed you something. I went deep. <laughs> Is that a heat seeker? Hornswoggle. Sure. By the way, it would have been, now that I think about it, and we, just to show that we don't plan this out, MIAW would have been a great topic for Silas Young, who joined us. It would have. Um, All right, Hornswoggle. Love the guy. Um, My only, you know, interactions with him, well, I shouldn't say only. My recent interactions with him have been him as a promoter 
and he treats me well, and I have fun with his shows. Prior to that, I knew him when he was starting out on the circuit with uh, the Dream Police and Nick Colucci. Yep. And he was, you know, in that group. They all grew up together, and he was trying to break into the business. And um, obviously, people who may not know Hornswoggle or haven't seen him, and then obviously, I don't know why you're listening to the show if you don't watch wrestling, but he. Uh, was what you would at one point would have been called a midget wrestler if, uh, when he was short stacked, mm-hmm. and he had a chance to work for the WWE and had you know a pretty long run with them to be honest with you. I don't. Uh, I'm not trying to start any shit, but is he not still a midget wrestler? Okay. He didn't grow. First of all, they don't <laughs> use the term anymore. So. What do they call them now? L- little people. Well. Okay, when you're talking on TV and whatnot, but Armani put midget wrestling on well, his fucking. Okay. Armani, but it's still 1950. <laughs> for the last, for the last MIAW show, it literally said girls match. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but, okay, well, uh, it did. You, he almost called them dames. I think. <laughs> so, are we going back into frails right now? No, we're not. not. Yet, but no, we might get no, there. no, we're not. I want to talk a bit about frails. Wait, I don't Can I just point out right that if you put little person wrestling on the board, nobody's coming. <laughs> okay, I get. Nobody's it. fucking coming. Here's the thing. I, what about dwarf fighting? That's that's interesting, huh? I think that, that elf box. I think Hornswoggle gets a frail slap. Get, gets a, gets heat sometimes because they think, well, you only made it to the WWE because of the gimmick. So what? He made it, right? Like we're, he stayed forever, like six, seven years. Yeah, yeah. and, and we're, everybody's so quick to like. First of all, they sit around. See, here's the thing about wrestling, you know, and and I can really only speak for this area because this is where. But people, I was like, boy, I wish more people from our area would make it. And so it makes it, and they absolutely shit on you for making it. It's like, oh, okay, what what am I missing here? Well, because it wasn't them. Well, of course. When they said, I really hope more people from this area would make it, they meant, I really hope that I <laughs> and maybe, like, two guys I really like make it. Right. But <laughs> I thought it was great. I, to me, you know, him, Ken Anderson, um... Uh, Austin Aries, of course, now like that's awesome when people you were in the same locker room with and had conversations with and got to know, and then you get to see them making it big on TV and traveling the world. That's awesome. Like we should think that's cool and not think that it sucks. But I do think it's cool. No, I know. I didn't mean us in this room. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, some guys are petty. Not Tom Petty. They suck and they're petty. <laughs> yeah. No. Your last match, well, I, you can't say that anymore. Go ahead. But your last official match, you worked uh, you worked Hornswoggle-ish, didn't you? It was uh, at SSW. Well, oh, I, I worked with him, but I... Uh, did you do a spot with him? Yeah, he, uh, he did a crossbody off the top. I was out on the floor, and I caught him. And then I pulled him out and looked at him and... Pretended I was afraid of midgets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and screamed and then put him on his feet and then he chased me to the back. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Your interactions? <laughs> okay. All right. I see what you did there. I, don't be a great afraid to catch feels. <laughs> Slap your ass, punch your ball in the feet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So me and him, uh, me and uh, Dylan broke in at the same time ish different areas, mm-hmm. and he was up there when I was traveling up to uh, to NWA Wisconsin slash ACW. It was the same company at the time. They were merged. In Green Bay. Green Bay, correct. Uh, and got to work quite a bit with him because we were both in the X Division 
Okay. Oh, yeah. So, he was the X Division champion, because there's no limits in the X Division. Height or weight. Correct. Ah, yeah, right. I see what yes. they did there. Very cool. Uh, the only thing I remember from that uh, is that we worked a match once, and he was very, very protective of his head. Because it's very large, right? In proportion. Uh, and you have to be careful with him because he can't tuck to the same level. Sure. I don't know if that's changed now. But you have the same problem. All right. Okay. <laughs> so the next time that uh, the next memory I have of him, of course, is uh, uh, he, uh, you know, there was a thing and it happened and uh, so that was it. You can say it or I can say it. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty vague. What sure, that? why don't you... Uh, you... He took your bitch. Oh! oh, he did not take my bitch. First of all, there was never anything official between me and her ever, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, Hornswoggle happened to date the woman I lost my virginity to. <laughs> yeah. You know, Di- directly uh, after I have been seeing you her. You don't have to throw any names out or anything. I'm not going to throw but, any names out. But she listens to the show, and it's very nice of her, and I don't want her to stop. Yeah, and she's and she's a very nice We're going to be person. down to I, six yeah. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, she, yeah. I, so, and I appreciate that. But uh, the way it happened was at an SSW show in Racine, outdoors. In Racine? In Racine, it was a, a street festival. Oh. Okay? And was it corn on a cop? Yeah, I believe so. Was it in a cup with mayonnaise? No. Oh, damn. It was like a firefighter thing. I, it was weird. Okay. There were a ton of firefighters there. Okay. Uh, Did they pass a boot around? No, the only reason I know that is because I yelled at one of their kids, and I had to go out the back door because there was a group of them. <laughs> oh. Waiting to trounce you? Yes. <laughs> so almost as bad as the guy who pulled the knife on Armani at Racine, Mexican. Racine is... Racine is not a good place. Yeah, rough. Uh, noticing the interaction between said woman and said midget, yeah. uh, I thought something was amiss. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To which I said, what's going on? Uh-huh. And his response was to take my hand by the wrist, and put it upon his junk. Oh. Pleasant surprise. Not completely proportional. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I've heard that about... It's that weird. Thing. Yeah. It's it's weird. I mean, I didn't keep... I didn't linger. You didn't, like... Yeah. It was like a kickstand, yeah, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Huh. But I got it. All right? Not so happy about it. It happened. He went to the E. I went about my business. Uh-huh. It's fine. All right? Uh-huh. Everybody has a story of when they lost their virginity to a woman. And then she dumped you for a dude who went to the E. Everybody's, everybody's got, got that story. <laughs> everybody had that happen. Does not everybody have that story? I don't know. Pirate? I don't, I don't have that story yet. No? Oh, but yet. see, he put yet on it. Because yeah, he breaks the rule. He brings his girlfriend to the shows. No one talks to her. We try. Wayne's always talking. That's not from lack of not trying to be pleasant. I'm just trying to pay it forward. Is that what it is? I figure if I steal Johnny Swashbuckle's girlfriend, I'm in the E. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. That's how that works for you. So, Johnny Swashbuckle, yeah. Hornswoggle. Experiences, ah. stories. I've okay. I've heard different things about him. Some things not good. Some things all right. Okay. Uh, but every time I talk to him, he's always, hey, what's up? I had two, three matches with him, I think. Mm-hmm. And were those good? Uh, those were good. Okay. Um, we did, uh, before Powerhouse did that disaster show, uh, so every show, so every powerhouse, most recent failure. Uh, yeah, before the most recent abomination, they uh, they last ran with uh, Jake the Snake and uh, the Rubicon Ranch, mm-hmm. and it was me and Damon Knight against uh, Hornswoggle and his buddy Gallucci. Yeah, yeah. Gallucci. Oh yeah, Gallucci. Yeah. And then uh, the two Italian dudes. Uh, uh, Gambino Guido and, and yeah. Romeo uh, Valentino. Romeo Valentino. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Gambino uh, and no. Gotti. No. But uh match ended with me taking a, a doomsday device like six inches off the ground because I was on his shoulders. Okay. And then Kalucci with a kick to the face. So it was a... Nice. You made that work? Here's the thing about, you know, again, there's everybody in this business people have told good and bad stories about let me yeah. tell you how I judge people, okay? I judge it on how you've treated me. Yeah. And Dylan has treated me with respect. And you know what's great? And you appreciate this. I know all of you guys do. When you go work for somebody and they tell you and, and show you how much they appreciate what you've done for them. And just whatever it is, wrestling, mm-hmm. managing, and all I've got nothing. I've had nothing but great experiences. But then again, I didn't lose... My, the girl who I lost my virginity to, which was Loretta Fry back in 1986. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, oh, my first girlfriend's name was Loretta. There you go. We never did it though. <laughs> well, obviously not. There's been two women in the world named Loretta after 1950, <laughs> <laughs> and one of you fucked one, and the other one dated the other. Congratulations. Oh, lovely. Uh, All right. Well, I can put a bow on it. Though. Okay. All right. Because I saw uh, I saw Dylan at the MIW show he worked. Yeah. yeah. And I had concerns over how that interaction was going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I put it off till the exact end of the night. Mm-hmm. And he was getting ready to go. And I went into the locker room. And I said, hey, man, I don't know if you remember. And he came in and he gave me a hug right around the knees. And uh, I said, all right, cool. Uh, we seem to be all right. Yeah. So. Good. Came around, I'm right? Glad. I'm glad. You know what it was? He was going for your wall to see if there were pictures, <laughs> pictures of who you were seeing now. Because <laughs> he really wants to go back to the E. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am just kidding. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out the Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. All right. right. You want to go next? Yeah, why not? Uh, Get in the hat. Oh, this one's folded. 
Yeah, I fold them oh, good. Oh, this is a long one. Oh, it is a long one. When did it become okay for the heel to do I think it's just a, as much wrestling as the babyface? So when did it become okay for the heel to do just as much wrestling as the babyface? I don't think it was ever not okay. Right? If you if you go back to the 80s, and I'm going to go back to the 80s a long time ago. It was never not okay. It, it's always been not okay. Right. But Ric Flair would out-wrestle the faces. No, he would not. No, he would not. It, he would... Okay, tell, help me if... Because you, you're going to help me fill in the gaps. He would get his ass handed to him in the shine. Yep. He would illegally cheat to be able to then, like, rake the eyes and then cheat, do the chop block to the knees. Yep. Then the baby face, no matter how piss poor he was, would do this awesome comeback and throw Flair around... And then Flair would cheat again and either win with a figure four, get disqualified, or or go to a draw. Yeah. He never out-wrestled anybody. Go back and watch. He always had to cheat in order to get to the position where he had the advantage. Whether it was thumbs to the eyes, uh, uh, back kick to the crotch, uh, begging off into the corner and then reaching up and grabbing the guy's trunks and then pulling him into the buckle. Mm -hmm. All that kind of shit. Ric Flair never out-wrestled anybody. Well, who is that? So, this was a this was a Maru question. Mm-hmm. Yep. So figures, Krav Maga, Krav Maga. Uh, which, by the way, if a heel knew Krav Maga, oh, he'd out wrestle everybody. Out wrestle everybody. That's right. That would like ruin. That would have to down cheat. the fourth wall. He'd just do it because he liked it. Uh huh. Yeah. Wrestling somebody with Krav Maga and getting out alive is like cheating death. Okay, so let me repurpose the question because we know it's not okay. When did it start becoming a thing? Ring of Honor. Okay. Ooh. Ring of Honor. Okay. Agreed. Well, I'm not 100% certain about that. Oh, really? Because Ring of Honor never claimed... Okay, they had some heels. Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels was the only heel for a long time. Everybody else shook hands. Had a code of honor. Except for Christopher Daniels. So, they said they never had heels. But if you go back and watch the matches, there's obviously guys... Performing heel tactics. Yeah, Claudio Castanoega, who is now Cesaro, was a heel. <laughs> I thought he pitched for the Dodgers. He was a heel, but he didn't call himself a heel, and he would wrestle really well in Ring of Honor. So would you say, okay, so we're going to say Ring of Honor, but could you point to some of the things they were doing in Ring of Honor, specific, or sorry, from ECW, specifically with Shane Douglas? Shane Douglas was a heel who could wrestle. That but was again, that was a guy who relied on the help of other people. He had his other two members of the Triple, triple Threat. threat. Or he had Francine, that yeah. dog face. Oh my goodness. Jesus. Oh my goodness. Hi, Francine. She listens to you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Shane Douglas was a uh, chicken shit heel. He still was. Okay. He's, yeah. like, who do you? Who's the first person you can put your finger on and say... That was a heel who out-wrestles a baby. All right, so this doesn't help my argument that it was Ring of Honor. But the guy who immediately comes to mind is Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko used to do do a lot of wrestling, and he ran a lot of heel shit. So you're talking about, like, a WCW job match or ECW Dean Malenko, like triple threat? Uh, I'm talking about Dean Malenko as, like, the light heavy, uh, the cruiserweight champion in WCW. Okay, but he was the Iceman. Right. Right, don't forget to wiggle your 
your wrists are out. You know, that we're going to have to add that to the hat. Who was really the true Iceman of wrestling? Are you going to bring up it King was King yes, Parsons? Yes, of course I'm going to bring up King It was King Parsons, you raggedy Rudy Pooh. Right. He was the, uh, the Iceman feels no feelings. That's why Dean Malenko is the Iceman. So you're a little bit more modern yeah. in so much. And what I mean by that is you broke in after all of us. Yeah, when, when, when did, was your actual debut? Uh, 2012 or 13. Oh, right around there. <laughs> so Jesus. you've probably seen more of this firsthand mm-hmm. than what, by percentage per capita than us. Do you, do you run into Because you're normally a face. I know you wrestle heel for yeah. ICW. Do where wrestlers, when you're talking about your match, want to throw a bunch of spots in where they're going to do more, the heels are going to do more wrestling? kind of sort of but usually i would say that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and kind of not really cut them off i'd still let them like you know do their heel shit but uh i don't know most of the time it's usually just like i make sure they usually just like do cheating and like all the right. like they the and stuff like they should yeah so you've never but, had a run into tiny the hitman heart <laughs> <laughs> no i know there's a lot of guys that want to do like a lot of shit which is fine, but when it comes to, like, you know, cut off and shine versus, like, you know, the actual heat, it doesn't make sense to do wrestling spots in the heat, right. you know? Uh, I know with, like, nowadays they don't really have, like, the five steps now. It's, like, cut off, come back, cut off, come back, but... What you said isn't necessarily true. Yeah. You can do wrestling moves in the heat, provided there's a cut. You've, you've been yeah. working something. Yeah. Right. Right, work you a know, leg and then you want and, to oh, yeah. do And that. subsequently a cutoff, that makes sense out of that as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, the, uh, the new style is definitely not. So, did you have the sheet of paper, or did Brian make that on his own? Br- Brian didn't make that. Who made the sheet of paper? Uh, the, uh, Romeo Valentino. Yes, Romeo Valentino. Who was known as Damon Ray at the yes. time. He but made the sheet of paper. You guys are familiar with of the sheet of paper. Well, I'm real familiar with of the sheet of paper. Of course we're familiar with the sheet of so paper. So when I was getting trained, I was literally handed a sheet of paper yep. that had the steps of a wrestling match uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. A yeah. visual aid. Uh-huh. A chart. So open. Uh, or, or shine. Right. Uh, cut off. Uh, heat. False comeback. Comeback. Finish. Right? It walked you through each individual... Yeah, your seven deadly steps. Yep. yep. Uh-huh. Uh, that doesn't really exist in the WWE world now. Yeah. Well, yes, but here's... Okay, but there's two different reasons. So there's the WWE style and there's like the Ring of Honor style and there's Japanese style. WWE doesn't follow those steps because, A, especially on TV, shorter matches... Like, when was the last time you saw... A a a, t- a false tag in a WWE tag match. It doesn't happen anymore. Like no. they took that completely out. Part of it was to tighten up the matches, and part of it was to not put heat on their referees. And they made a conscious decision to not put heat. You gotta on put them. heat on the referees. I agree. Well, they don't want you to even know the referees. Right? They don't even there. give you don't, a name. You don't have to know them to dislike them. <laughs> Seriously, you don't need to know his I, name I to know, know what he's a fuck. I, I, I don't know half of the NFL referees. I hate their fucking guts. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that was some of the philosophy that was coming out of there. Is they didn't even want them to be part of anything that was going on and really not making them look like schlubs. So. Do we not remember the, the David Earl Hebner? Well, of course we Where don't. was the heat there? It was on fucking Earl. 
the Danny Davis heel referee, heat on the ref. Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick has the end of, yeah. Is it, I'm, Slick Johnson and WCW I'm not to a lot of time. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> but now I start thinking He was Mark Johnson in WCW, wasn't he? No, he was Mark Slick Johnson. He was Slick Johnson in TNA. I'm where he was sure a little wetter. It doesn't matter. So here's the thing. We say right, Moist, we we we, we bring up Ring of Honor, yep. but could you make an argument that maybe some of this started in Japan? Well, Japan, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. again, that's a place where there wasn't heels and faces. It was a sporting yeah event, and then there was more craving for that stuff. Because before, when we were starting in the business, Vic, the only time we saw Back Japanese wrestling six. was. Uh, Every time we, we saw wrestling from Japan, was somebody had a videotape and yeah, they paid yeah. through their nose to get it. Yeah, I was that guy once or twice. Right. Yeah. So we it, we weren't as exposed to that style, right? But then the internet came around and you could watch anything at any time. Yeah. And then you started to see that style bleed into other I think other promotions and in the way people were trained and the way you know trainers were allowing some of that stuff. So I think that the Japanese style, you know, impacted I think some of that. And. The issue with that became is that it just keeps escalating to the point. And it's the same thing that you saw with the ECW style, with the WWF attitude style, is that you end up with nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, which is why I contest that ECW ruined wrestling. Okay. For one, because no, let me let me let's okay, let me get this out and then I'll go back to my Steve Austin. Be careful up on that soapbox, it's awful high. The, the thing is I, there were so many good things that came out of watching ECW and so many things that didn't make sense. So, for example, you and I would do a... This is a big exaggeration because I'd never do a five-star match. But let's say Jericho and Benoit would do a five-star match and it would be back and forth and it was good stuff and it ended with a you know, a regular wrestling move. And then the next match, you'd stack up 18 tables, throw someone through them, and they'd kick out. What the fuck? Yeah. What am I seeing here? Like, you know... And why well, is it that you beat me earlier in the show with one chair shot, but it took you 18 and you didn't even get knocked out? And what I'm saying when I say it ruined wrestling is at some point it only got to the point where people were so unimpressed. Now, like, the only thing that I'd pop for now is if you actually kill the guy. Well, in fairness, that Jericho Benoit five-star does end with a murdered family. Well, no. Oh, <laughs> Whoa. Yikes. Yikes. But do you understand what I'm saying? Like, they... I understand raising the bar, but there's a point where the bar can't go any higher. Right. And yeah. it got to the point where then that it what it did. Why I say it ruined wrestling is because it it started to breed the fans are like, eh, I've seen this before. Do something else. Mm-hmm. And and that started to creep its way into not only the WWE but in the indie wrestling where the fans would just sit there and wait for something so they could shit on it. And I think it started there because again after you've done 18 flaming tables. What are you going to do, 19? How impressed am I going to be with that? And, and that, that's why I said... So it wasn't the concept... It wasn't that Paul Heyman went, I'm going to ruin the sport. It just kept fueling the fire to some of these fans who then just started to shit on everything that they had already seen. And now, I guess, what you're seeing on an indie level is a lot of people who are emulating what they see. So you're seeing a lot of emulation of the WWE style through NXT mm-hmm. that comes down. And the NXT style is work to a spot, work to a spot, work to a spot, pin, kick out, reaction. Yep, tons of false finishes. Come back, work back to another spot, reaction. Sure. Go from there. And then the the Ring of Honor, Young Bucks, kind of Lucha Underground 
style where it's spot, 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 and, and, and to the next spot. But you're seeing it done by a whole lot of less athletic people who really probably can't pull it off in the way it's intended to be pulled off. So you end up with this weird mishmash. You're right. And I'm going to add one more thing to this. I mentioned the Steve Austin phenomenon. I don't. I had more. I have more. I have less of a problem with a heel sometimes out wrestling the baby than I did by the heel embarrassing the baby. And that started with Steve Austin. Okay. And it took to the point where they had to turn him face. And then The Rock, where he was the anti. The, before they turned him face. The anti hero, not only out wrestling the baby face, but then just humiliating the baby face. Right? Destroying the baby face. To where we saw it when we were breaking in in the late 90s. Every son of a bitch who, who wanted to be a wrestler wanted to be the badass anti-hero St- Stone Cold Steve Austin. Except me. You wanted to be a Dudley That's boy. right. <laughs> but you understand. like So to me, that was actually more damaging for a while than even the heels out wrestling the baby face. When yeah. the heels were burying the baby faces on a regular basis. And again, I think that's that was right at the beginning of the Attitude Era. And through that that fate. So, Johnny Swashbuckle, what did you want to be? What did I want to be? When you started training before you settled upon the pirate. Yeah, or even when you were just a fan and you were thinking about if I could be a wrestler, I'd want to be blind. Well, I never had like an idea of like what kind of like actual character I'd want to be. I just wanted to, you know, get bookings and do shows and have fun be on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, as far as like an idea of like who I had, I just wanted to be good, and if I was good enough to do it, just go through with it. Um, you didn't want to be Ole Anderson. Well, <laughs> no, like the guys I like, you know, like before I started, like I wanted to be like you know Undertaker and you know badass shit, but you know five foot it's, two, you know stuff like that. You know? pulling off Undertaker. I know, right? But like you know, that was like the idea, like oh, I want to be you know, I like Undertaker, I like Stone Cold, I want to be like that. But then, you know, looking at it, it's like. <laughs> you know. So this is gonna sound silly. Yeah. Okay. But when I was a kid, I like I like the heels. I like some faces too. You know. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't all heel. I wasn't that guy. And I, I know if, if, if everybody wanted to be Flair, and I was like that would have been nice. But I actually thought I'd been a success if I could have been the next Eddie Gilbert. Eddie Gilbert was criminally underrated. Right. I loved Eddie. Right. Gilbert. So did I. <laughs> Eddie Gilbert's biggest problem, well, his biggest problem was cocaine. <laughs> his second biggest problem was that he was like 5'8". Yes. yes. But he could work his ass off. He could work right. his ass off. He was great on the mic. He was charismatic enough, even as a heel, that you, you, you were like, this guy's, you know, I like this guy. And then you also liked, because I was a weird fan, I liked him. And then I liked when he got what <coughs> was coming to too. Like, hey, there's a payoff. But to me, as a, as a young kid, a teenager, like, I want to be Eddie Gilbert. You know, obviously, too, that would have come with Missy Hyatt and Medusa. I was going to hey. say, hey, hey. <laughs> he caught some Missy Hyatt in her prime. That's right, in yeah, her prime. No doubt. So. R.I.P. John Tatum. <laughs> so how, are we, how are we for time? Because John Tatum was Well, we got a lot of time. We're only at, like, 45. Okay, well, then let's... Uh, it's my turn. Yes, it's your turn. Let's pick one out. John Tatum was getting that good, good. Yeah, Medusa was no slouch, people. Hey, man. I'm in. I should pick up the hat and stop doing this, huh? You're really shuffling it up. Yeah, but it'll come up with something we wrote last week. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing ever moves in there. (laughs) Well, everything's stuck together. All right. 
Oh, so this is one I'll have very little experience with, and this will be you guys. We got another promoter here. We got the Carmine Dispirito. Oh. Uh, Post-it note. So why don't you uh, why don't you start by telling me how you stole his gimmick? Okay. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a great way to start this segment. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I wasn't going to be the Southern Assassin anymore, so Brian said that I should come up with something. Mm-hmm. And then you went to an MAW show. I had already been. He had already been. Yeah. But the thing was, and people might know this about me, I am an avid pool shooter. Yes, you I'm are. I'm not as good as the guys in Waukesha. Right, because they're the best. Because that's where the fucking best in the world come from, Waukesha, yeah. Wisconsin. Just ask Sergio. But uh, Carmine hadn't been the hustler in like a year and a half. Okay. Okay. He was just Carmine. Right. He wasn't managing anybody. He was just the promoter of Mid-American Wrestling. Uh-huh. So, I was like, hey, you know what rhymes with Vic? Stick. <laughs> the stick. Yeah. And boom, I'm a pool hustle. Did you ask permission? I saw Carmine at Romine's. And I told him my intent, and his response was, well, I've got some jackets I could sell you. <laughs> I, See? Great worker response. Right. So he wasn't so upset about I it. didn't sense any unhappiness. Did you ever play him in pool? Car- Carmine was not a pool shooter. At all, ever. I can't say ever, but when we, we used to hang out at the same bar, Matt's bar, is on 8th and Dakota. Uh, it would be myself, Carmine, and then there were two guys that I did shoot pool with all the time there. Southside Eddie Becker, who works on the radio for KLH, uh-huh. and a kid by the name of Tim Petrie. And we'd all come down there, and the three of us, we'd shoot. Carmine never shot any of those nights. So I can only assume from that experience that Carmine did not shoot pool. So, I guess I'll posit <laughs> this question and let you guys argue over it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Carmine Despirito was, at one point, the most important thing to happen to Milwaukee Wrestling since the AWA folded. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he, he still is, because without him, none of us would potentially be here. And then, he was also the absolute worst thing okay. to happen to wrestling in the Milwaukee area. Okay, so, I know where you're going with this, so let's start from the beginning. And I know we kind of talked about this way back in the archives in show one or two about Carmine and his influence. Mid-American wrestling from like 1993 to, what would you say, 98, 99? Before they... 98. Okay. Was some of the best independent wrestling to this day that I can say that I've seen. Okay? Okay. To this day. um, The shows were fun. They made sense. They took their time booking angles. Um, It was... Phenomenal. What and and again, I'm sure this isn't something Carmine would be happy to hear, but he motivated me to want to get into wrestling. So he's probably pissed about that piece of it. But I know I am. It's because he was so good at what he did, right? His shows were so good. Running at Knights of Columbus, and uh, primarily he ran at some other places prior to that and after, but. Then what changed was, and, and I, I think I understand, and it's unfair for me to speak for Carmine because we've never, inter- I've never interviewed him or whatever. 
But ECW was starting to become a thing. There were a lot of other indie federations in town at the time popping up. And Carmine wanted to be different. I hate hardcore wrestling. Okay? That's me. I know that people loved it, especially at that time. It was a, it was a thing. I mean, not only was there ECW, there was that other fucking promotion, XPW. XPW. Right. It was a thing. And there was a market for it. And that's fine. And as a business person, I don't... I, I, Carmine wasn't wrong to try something different, but it turned me off as a fan. It also may or may not, from stories I've heard, cost him a building or two, which then it negatively impacted your promotion because anytime you lose a building, especially a building that was a long-standing building for you, it hurts your business. It just does. And I think that part of the... the some of the crowds, because we went to a show at a batting cage once where there were like 30 people there. He was drawing 200. Easy. At yeah. one point. So I can only say that it was bad because how it ended up um, at the end of that promotion. But there is no doubt in my mind that Carmine was an amazing, has an amazing, I should say was, he's alive and well, living, uh, I don't I remember he's where he's in Texas. Texas. Yeah. Um, he's an ama- he got an amazing mind for the business, right? And was an amazing promoter and did great things in this town that was starving for independent wrestling to come back. So, and and I, I can never, ever, ever discredit anything he did. But personally, I didn't care for the hardcore stuff. And I, that, I think, is my right as a fan, right? That's fair. What, and I'm not looking for heat. Uh-huh. But I just, what about the show he helped ROH promote and then they didn't come back for eight, nine years because they didn't draw. I don't, honestly, I don't know enough about that to even speak to it. Was that the show they did at Turner Hall or was that something they did No, at this was uh, like, what would you say, like 2004? 2004-ish. He, uh, he was the local promoter for them, like okay. what Jack Koshik does now. Okay. So he found the building, I believe it was in Wauwatosa. Oh, Okay. But it just, it didn't draw. Whether he didn't do his due diligence, probably, and I don't know. Sure. Or if people just didn't know what the fuck it was and didn't care. Sure. But sure. people didn't go, and Ring of Honor pulled out of Milwaukee for seven, eight, nine years. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I was unaware of that. But I think it's no different than the show TNA tried to run in Racine. Remember that? The combined show with yes. the with the Billy Corgan gimmick? Yeah. Before he was actually part of them? That didn't draw as well as I'm sure they had hoped it would either. Yeah. You know, but um but yeah, I don't know enough about that. I, I do know though that uh, some of my best memories in wrestling and some of the reason we became part of this business was because of Carmine and because of Mid American wrestling and uh, I can't and I got to meet Joe Polnischek. Yes, you did. So. Yes, you did. She was a fan that played Joe from Jack uh, Slave. You don't. Know, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe Polnischek? Joe Polnischek. Was a big mid American wrestler? Apparently. She this, was. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Who did she play on the Facts of Life? Joe, she Joe was. Polnischek. The character's name was Joe Polnischek. What was her name? Nancy, Nancy McKeon. Yeah. All yes. right. Was she bringing it? Yeah, she played what, the tomboy. What, what day was it? <laughs> yeah. What day was it? Yeah. Okay. There really only was <coughs> one quote unquote looker on the show. And it wasn't and Natalie. Even that wasn't that. It wasn't Natalie. Who was it? Uh, the character's name was Blair. Yeah. All right, Blair. 
Uh, her name was Lisa Welch. Welch. Yeah. Ooh. She was okay. Although Edna Garrett was bringing it at one point. Oh. Maybe back in the 40s. They did the right <laughs> I'll tell you what, great. by the time she hit about like 26, 27, Tootie was, Tootie was yeah, a hottie. Yeah, Tootie was a late bloomer. Absolutely. Yep. Kim Fields. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Natalie's still not blooming. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out yes i'll take my eggs over easy and i'll take my podcast deach and dash that's right the deach and dash podcast hosted by me gorgeous jordy lee available via the grapple talk network it's about to get weird we're gonna talk some wrestling maybe some life probably and i'm definitely gonna ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard catch us via the grapple talk network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Let's get one more out of here. Uh, we got time? Oh, Let's I don't know. Are we, we going to fit it? Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. It's got to be a short one, so pull a short yeah, one. Yeah, be, be smart about this. We have to be shoddy. I'm naughty. Oh, look at you. Shout it loud. Whoa. Oh. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's see. Yep. Is this one? All right. Can, if you didn't pull a short one out, you're a son of a bitch. <laughs> Why? Angel Armani. That's not a short That's one. That's not a short one. Uh, I don't the, know that we can do should it. Should we redraw? I, we already talked about MIW. I think we should put it back in the hat. Yeah. Only because we're cramped for time and we certainly will not do it justice. We'll, why, why we'll do put I it get, back in yeah, the yeah, hat. Yeah, why do but, I get all the... But what we can do uh, in this meantime here, just some Angel Armani, some quick hitters of some of the things that you've heard Angel Armani tell you throughout the course of your time knowing him. Putting me on the spot right yeah. now. Um, Alright, I'm going to tell a story, and I don't give a fuck who gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, in my retirement year, Armani decides that he's going to book us with Tiny Love as Lane's tag team partner. Oh. And I said to Armani, don't oh. do that. Because you're not going to be happy with the quality of the matches. Ah, it'll be funny. He's real fat and he takes his shirt off. <laughs> oh, when those people see that, can you imagine it, Nick? And I said, all right, but don't get mad at me when the match is the shits. Fast forward to show day, the match was the shits. And he doesn't say anything that day. But then we go the next time, and the son of a bitch has it on a phone, and he's showing it to us. Look at this. This is the shits. And then, what's this fucking guy doing over here? Also the shits. So the whole time, I'm standing there holding my tongue, and I just want to yell, I told you so! But that's Armani. He thinks something's funny. He wants to see if somebody else thinks it's funny. It's not funny. Must be my fault, that motherfucker. He, he's a stubborn guy. I, I'm going to give you a couple quick ones that have nothing to do with wrestling, but just some funny Armaniism. A, first of all, you can't get anybody's name right. Nope. Ryan Rogue is still Ryan Rogues. Yep. Dysfunction still disc. 
you're the pirate. Uh, he actually called me uh, Hornswoggle for the first uh, year I was doing the pirate. <laughs> there you go. So, he kept calling me. Um, I remember once he told me, um, he walked over to me just out of the blue and said, and we weren't... We weren't friends yet. We were still just. We would talk to each other. He's like, "Hey, I, you know, he'd always give me shit for my public access sports show and whatever." He's like, "Hey, just so you know, I left my window open. I had four Brewers tickets on the dashboard. I came back, there were eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so that was. I mean, that's tip, that's classic Angel Armani yeah. right there. Or it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm having a hard time sleeping. I want to watch the best of Scott Williams video. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That was, that was our, that's what you get out of Angel Armani. So. Okay. But he's a great, but, I, I, but in all seriousness, dude's one of the best friends you could have. In a, like, if, you, if he befriends you, like, he definitely takes care of you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and people forget that because there's all the stories about him getting mad at matches and him being surly at times. And whatnot, but has he ever? Do you know anybody who could tell you a story about when Angel Armani fucked the most? No. Right. Those stories don't exist. No. So you can't find a better friend in this business as long as you could put up with a little cantankerousness every once in a while. You're good to go. Crazy cantankerous. Like we tried for years to get on his Labor Fest show. Yep. For years and years, because he always books the small Labor Fest show, right? Mm -hmm. Right, because he does the three matches and that turns into a six-man. Yep. Yep. And finally, every year he invited us to the after barbecue barbecue, at his house. One year we show up to the barbecue and he goes, where were you? And I said, you never never booked us. And he said, well, if you would have shown up. Yeah, you're always booked. (laughs) Just show up. And then half the time you show up and he goes... Why are you here? Yeah. What are you doing? I don't got nothing for you. What are you doing? Uh, what's the worst he ever yelled at you? You've been around with him now. Uh, I actually started knowing him while he was on his way to Soft Armani, as guys call him now. He, it was yeah, prick, he was a prick when I first start when I first knew him. But, no, he wasn't. Well, <laughs> when he yells, when he yells at you, but uh, it's only because he's honest, and he'll tell you to your face if you're the shits. That's true. And because he doesn't care. <laughs> like what people think, but uh, mm-hmm. that's true. That's he's he's never he's never one to screw you over or anything. He always hooks you up when you need him. Uh, Takes you on there. road trips, yeah. You know, like, wrestling trips and non-wrestling trips. Yeah, he paid for our condo in Florida just this year, just as a show of appreciation for me and my family. Like, right. You know, I great stuff all the way around. Uh, all right. Well, wrap yeah. us up, Scotty. And, and by the way, soft Armani means retired Armani. Yeah. I think once he was able to retire from his shoot job, he lightened up. Absolutely. Yeah, it must have been tough watching the monsters all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Pirate, it's been great. Thanks for having me, guys. Johnny Swashbuckle joined us for Vic the Stick Ross. Crap, my God. Jack Spade. Taekwondo. Hot, Scott Williams, this has been the Ross Family Matters Podcast. We'll see you next week to our nine. Is it nine listeners? No. No, this was 11. Well, the the amount of listeners? Yeah. Uh, I think we're down to four again. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Good night, everybody.